Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info and odds. This is G. Hey Wiley from the Arash Marakazi Show telling you find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's odds for the Masters Championship and the start to the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports sporting wagering needs, including live betting which is dangerous, but my favorite, and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on popular sports and games. Bet online, guys, where the game starts. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello on a beautiful Tuesday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I am normally joined by G. Hey Wiley and Armani Buckets, but it's just Armani Buckets today. G. Hey Wiley is not feeling so well. We, we, we will have to check in with her tomorrow. But Buckets, how are you doing, my friend? First of all, hoping that G. Hey is doing all right. Second of all, I am doing all right, I am really scared of the Golden State Warriors, uh, first and foremost. That is really what a team that they look like they're constructing in the Bay. Oh, no doubt about that. It was just like old times last night. Uh, just got a text from uh, Jihei that it hurts to sneeze. She has a lower back uh, problem right now, so she's doing okay. It's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's tough to see our friend down, but hopefully she'll be back on the show tomorrow. But with that said, Let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circus Sports. All right, guys, the Dodgers defeated the Atlanta Braves last night 7-4 to win their seventh straight game, and they are a league-best 8-2 now. Freddie Freeman had a home run in his first at-bat against his former team, and Kenley Jansen got a standing ovation in his return for in in his return to Dodger Stadium. Arash, who had the better homecoming? You know, it's got to be Freddie Freeman in terms of hitting a home run in your first at bat. What an amazing moment for him! He's he's had an incredible homecoming in terms of coming back to Southern California, going up against his former team. Uh, but he has really gotten the hometown welcome. I mean, you know, they, they, they've been chanting Freddie, Freddie, Freddie. Each and every time he comes to the plate, uh, I thought it's a little overkill. I mentioned that on the show yesterday. I mean, it was awesome for his first game in a Dodgers uniform at Dodger Stadium. We're about a week or two up into this thing. You guys can uh, calm down. But great to see him hit a home run at his, his first at-bat against the Atlanta Braves, but listen, hey Buckets, this is amazing that Kenley Jansen got the standing ovation, one of the great closers in Major League Baseball history, much maligned because of his um, track record of not always stepping up in the big situations, unlike Mariano Rivera, did not close out multiple World Series games and things like that, so uh you know, really great to see Kenley get his moment, get that standing ovation in front of the hometown fans because he will go down as one of the all-time greats. And it was always tough to hear them boo him. And again, I get it. It's a World Series game. It's a playoff game. 
Henley would come in there and give up a couple of runs. That was tough. But he's an all-time great Dodger, all-time great rel- reliever. Great for him to get his shine. I have two questions for you, Arash. First question, what were you expecting uh, the the Kenley Jansen um, what did you expect the crowd to act like when Kenley arrived? No, you know, yeah, sorry. But l- listen, I-, I knew that they would cheer him, the standing. I mean, I-, I didn't know if they would give him a standing ovation. There was no reason to boo him. The booing really came as a knee-jerk reaction to another blown save. And there was a period there where in big situations and the Dodgers had a one-run lead, you did not want to see Kenley Jansen. As much as it hurts to say it, you did not want to see him out there. My next question is, Max Muncy is yeah. batting around 150 right now. Is there any reason for concern for you right now? You know what? There will be in due time, not right now. Like, I just remember at the beginning of the season, which was not that long ago, we were still at the beginning of the season, when the Dodgers began 1-2, and two, and everyone's like, are you concerned about the pitching and the defense? We are very early into this season. Again, we are, uh, what is it, 10 games in? They are, uh, you know... It, like after that one and two start, they've, they've won seven straight games. So, yes, Max Muncy will have to turn things around, but buckets they are so deep that even if Muncy struggles, even if Mookie Betts struggles or Cody Bellinger, someone will have a live bat. So I am not concerned. Not yet, anyway. Very long season ahead of us. The Golden State Warriors. Blew, blew out the Denver Nuggets in the first two games of their first round series. And last night, Stephen Curry had 34 points in 23 minutes in the Warriors' 20-point victory. If Steph Curry is 100% back and healthy, are the Warriors your team to beat Iraq? They are. And listen, at the beginning of this season, I said when the Warriors are healthy, they are the team to beat. And now health is, a, is not a guarantee. So, you know, a couple of, you know, last year, I said, if the Lakers are healthy, I like them to repeat. Huge if, they were never healthy. This team, we know what they are. And really, they have not been healthy since that Toronto Raptors NBA Finals. What was it, back in uh, 2019? So, if you get Steph Curry doing what he did, and Steph is back, and he uh, used a profanity, but he said, I'm bleeping back. He certainly is. You know, when you talk about dropping 34 points in 23 minutes, you combine that with the young players that they have. My goodness, you could touch on this. Jordan Poole, but Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. That is the core of not only a championship team, but one of the great teams of all time. If that trio is back and healthy, you mix in those young guys who have really kept this team like in one of the top two, three uh, seeds. This is going to be not only a tough team to beat, I really do believe if this is the Warriors that we're going to see this postseason, they will win the NBA championship. That is a take that I can get behind. I don't want to sleep on Phoenix yet because the Phoenix Suns have been so dominant all season. But with the way that Steph Curry looked last night and with, as you mentioned, Arash, Jordan Poole emerging as a true third star. Honestly, this team... We forgot about guys like Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins, in the role that he's in now, is perfect for him because Poole's emergence allows Wiggins to focus on what he can do well. This Warriors team is absolutely loaded. It wouldn't shock me if they won it all, but right now I'm at the point where I think it's a coin flip between them and the Suns. I'm curious to see 
if they played Memphis, for example, in round two, how many games do you think that would go? You know, the Grizzlies are one of these amazing teams that, you know, with John Morant, and, and to be honest, the, the most amazing thing about the Memphis Grizzlies is they are still a, a very good team without Ja. I think that could go six or seven, and and as you know, Buckets, seven game series, game seven, who knows what could happen in that situation. And it would be in Memphis, which yeah. would be very interesting. The Grizzlies, one bad game, and a lot of people are starting to kind of yeah. question their title contending legitimacy, but that team was great all season long. I'm still, I get it, the Warriors are amazing. I'm going to wait and see what happens with the rest of the Grizzlies series before I come to a conclusion about that. In terms of the next headline, 76ers star Joel Embiid told Raptors coach Nick Nurse to stop complaining about the calls at the end of their first at the end of their second playoff game. Do you like that or should Embiid worry more about his own coach and his own team? Listen, this is Joel being Joel and I love it. I mean, should he focus on his own coach and his own team? Of course, I always like it and this doesn't happen too often when an opposing player goes after the coach because like you're supposed to show respect for the coach. I mean, you can go after the opposing player, but when you go after like the opposing coach, that that's very rare. We don't usually see that. This is Joel being Joel, and he was very public about the comments he made. Uh, again, he used a profanity when saying stop blanking about the calls. You can insert the word there. Um, no problem there. I, I, I'd be curious if any of the Toronto Raptors players came to the defense of their coach. He, 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 he didn't, you know, knock Nick Nurse, but he was just kind of saying, okay, you know, stop complaining about the calls. But, you know, generally speaking, you don't normally see the coach go, I mean, a player go after a, a opposing uh, coach and the, and the same with the coach. You don't normally see a coach going after the opposing player. I don't have a problem with it. I like any kind of drama or a soap opera or storyline during the first round of the playoffs. We have a lot of blowouts and we, we just touched on it with Golden State Warriors and the Nuggets. So it's always fun when you have a little bit of a subplot to talk about. Again, this is not a big one. Kind of maybe of, of some interest to fans in Los Angeles when you talk about the Lakers perhaps uh, pursuing clutch sports client and Toronto Raptors coach Nick Nurse. But no problem here. The drama is supposed to be intensified in the playoffs. This just adds drama, and I also love it, Arash. I think it's great for the game when these players, even with coaches, when they get into it with coaches, it reminds me of when the Lakers played the Suns back in the day. Kobe gave Alvin Gentry, I believe it was, <laughs> a little slap on the butt yeah. after he basically daggered the Suns. Um, in terms of the Sixers and getting foul calls, it's going to be a story as long as the Sixers are in this playoffs. Everybody complains about the fact that they get to the free throw line a ton. My whole thing is Joel Embiid is getting fouled on all of those plays. You can't stop him unless you foul him. It's the same thing that we saw back in the day with Shaquille O'Neal. The one area of issue I have with the Sixers is when James Harden baits for fouls. Yeah. But even with Harden, it seems like he's doing that less now. It's not like he does it not, like, not at all, but it's a lot less than before. And I want to know, do you have an issue with how the Sixers get fouls called towards in their favor? No, listen, if you can get the calls, get the calls. I mean, I, I think LeBron, you know, joked about it or, or teased about it during his last availability with the media is that I need to learn how to get more, more calls. And so, no, listen, at the end of the day, 
official it it does it like like even if one team is getting more calls at the beginning that is not normally the case during the duration of an entire postseason so i would say no no problem with that whatsoever arash the xfl continued its efforts to counter counter program the usfl's return to the field by telling agents that the xfl would offer higher salaries and better benefits than the usfl will there be room for two spring football leagues in 2023 and beyond no listen i just want one good spring football league i mean the fact that there may be two or more in 2023 is crazy to me i get it one has to survive so you we 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 will have in 2023 we will have at least two maybe three spring football leagues with the usfl and the xfl which is now owned by the rock um what you're gonna have happen is the NFL and the players are going to get behind one, one league. And that will effectively be, for the first time, the NFL's developmental league. Their version of the G League, the minor league, something along those lines. Which they, they've always needed that. No one could ever figure out how to make that work. Of course, generally speaking, you have college football spring ball in college. And then once those kids graduate, the best go on to the National Football League, but I would like to see one good spring football league. This is now the wild, wild west. You will have the XFL trying to get sneaky or dirty or however you want to call it to, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, to to get players that are in the USFL. So right now is that process. The USFL is playing right now. The XFL is is preparing for their debut in 2023 there is not room for two three or more there will be just one but at least next year it'll get crazy because you're you're gonna have two leagues going head to head to become the developmental league for the national football league do you have a leaning towards which one you think will win out in the end that's a good question i think it'll be the xfl partly because i think they're gonna watch what the usfl is doing they're going to improve upon that generally speaking it's good to be second why you could find out what the first league is paying and then top them by a a couple of dollars or whatever you could just learn from the mistakes that the other leagues are making improve upon that so when you make your debut next year you could effectively say hey we we pay our players better we give them better benefits this that and the other uh, so this will go on back and forth for a year or two there is not room for two spring football leagues again there should have always been one i think football is the one professional sports league of the major sports leagues in north america that doesn't have a developmental league and a developmental league is really important because you know unless you, you think you're going to improve via practice which you can I want to see guys what they can do. So over the past few years, we've we've had the World League. We've we've had the USFL before. We've had the XFL before. I would like to see one premier developmental league that works hand-in-hand with the National Football League. All right. There are multiple reports about possible trades that the Lakers can make to move Russell Westbrook's contract. Most of them include one or two first-round picks. Given the current state of the Lakers, 
would you trade multiple first round picks, which could easily end up being lottery picks to move Russell Westbrook? It's a great question because for sure they're going to have to move at least one first round pick. And if you were under the belief, which I am, that they tried to move Russell Westbrook during the season, they definitely have to include at least one first round pick. There's multiple reports out there, like you mentioned, Buckets, that if they actually want a good deal, and when I say a good deal, not just get back John Wall. And the reason that doesn't really matter is because he hasn't played in a year and who knows what kind of player. But if you want to get a decent trade and, and you could touch on this, I mean, there's some trades out there that I would love for the Lakers to make in terms of getting decent players in return, whether that's Heald, whether that's Gordon Hayward. Those trades that will net you an actual player that can help you win a, a championship or be a contending team next year, they're going to have to give up two first-round picks. And the reason that I'm okay with that, as much as it hurts me, there is a window here. And of course, they have to stay healthy. We know that. But if LeBron is healthy, if Anthony Davis is healthy, you remove Russell Westbrook from the mix, you bring in a, a, a shooter or a third complementary piece, this team, and I'm not going on a huge limb here, once again becomes a championship contending team. I know you're mortgaging the future. You have to make that trade, though. That's the big thing right there, Arash. Can LeBron and AD still be the formidable duo of a championship team? You say yes. I say probably. But the thing is, 2027-2029, if you give up those picks... The future is going to be looking so bleak if it doesn't yeah. pay out. Um, and now, I'm not I'm not one to run away from competition, but the way the Phoenix Suns and Golden State Warriors, and don't forget the Memphis Grizzlies and the Minnesota Timberwolves look, the Western Conference is going to be very, very difficult to win. So I want to see what direction Rob Palinka takes because you can take one year of Russell Westbrook, wait it out, and then now you have more assets and more cap space for the future but yeah i understand lebron's window is closing quickly so you're you're thinking your line of thought is that they are close with those two i'm gonna say i would hold off and keep those picks and wait for the future but i know laker nation doesn't have the patience for that and understandably so lebron james doesn't have the patience for that either arash no, listen, because right now you do have, and look at the season LeBron had, led the league almost in scoring. Um, if you have, when healthy, two of the top five, or let's at least say two of the top ten players in the league, that's already if they're healthy. Again, big if, but let's just go with that. You have a contending team. If you move Russell Westbrook, and if you listen to reports and more of them are, are going to come out, that, that he was a cancer within the team. All right, so you're already improving the team by removing him. If you can also get a player who can help, Buddy Heald, Gordon Hayward, you, you go down the list of guys that they've uh, you know, talked about, now you're a championship contending team. So I, as much as it pains me to say it, because I've seen them rebuild, and as much as I love that, that those young Lakers of like Alonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart, like that, that, that team's not winning a championship. That team's not contending. Shoot, that team's not even making the playoffs. So I want them to still contend when they can contend. Understandable. Uh, last headline for the day. Masks are no longer required on planes, trains, buses, and other forms of public transportation. 
How do you feel about masks effectively becoming a thing of the past? This is a, a great day, and I, and I didn't think we would see it until May, but uh, the federal judge uh, ruled yesterday, and now we're seeing pictures of people on flights, and these are big planes, folks, United, Delta, American Airlines at the airport, no masks. This was going to happen at some point in time. And so whether you think it's too soon, and by the way, people can still wear their masks. In fact, you're being encouraged, but you are no longer being federally mandated to wear masks. So now if you go on a bus, a train, uh, a, a, a Lyft or an Uber, you name it, you do not have to wear a mask. I think it's a good moment in terms of us getting a little bit further past the pandemic. You're, you're going to hear about cases rising. Don't worry about that so much because that, 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 that number, in my view, I mean, people can test at home positive and who knows that. It's the hospitalizations. And if that number is down buckets, it is a good day. Yeah, I saw a couple viral videos of flight attendants basically <laughs> celebrating, <laughs> saying that, all right, we can all take our masks off. They look like it was Christmas. So I'm happy <laughs> for them. They've been through a lot. Yeah, listen, it's, it's, been a, it's been a long time, two years plus, but uh, now you can finally retire your mask. I will finally hop on a plane without a mask uh, at the end of the month for the draft in Las Vegas. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we will talk more about the Dodgers' big win over the Atlanta Braves when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Are you paying down old credit card debt? I know I am. A personal loan could be your solution, guys. Loans usually come with a fixed monthly payments, making them a simple way to help pay off your credit cards. Plus, loans usually have lower interest rates than credit cards do, and Credit Karma can help you find the best option for yourself. Uh, credit Karma uses your credit data to find loan offers that are personalized to you so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you are getting approved for. Credit Karma will even show you your chances of approval so you can choose between loan um, loan offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. Comparing loan offers on Credit Karma is 100% free, won't affect your credit score, and could save you money. Ready to apply? Head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Just as a reminder, if you want to win uh, tickets to a future Kings or Galaxy game, not a lot of Kings games left, folks. If you want to go... Call our hotline, 310-400-0340. Last night, the Dodgers not only won their seventh straight game, but they beat the Atlanta Braves, the team that beat them in the National League Championship Series. But it was a homecoming. 
for two players, Freddie Freeman, uh, going up against his former team, hitting a home run in his first at-bat. And you also had Kenley Jansen, the Dodgers, uh, former Dodgers closer, coming back to Los Angeles, uh, getting a standing ovation from the hometown fans. Uh, just a re- really fun night um, there at the Dodger Stadium. Buckets, when was the last time you went to Chavez Ravine? Blue heaven on earth, as they call it. This is going to sound outrageous, but I think it was when the Cubs played the Dodgers in 2016 in the playoffs, which wow, it was what a game that was because it was the presidential elect or the presidential debates were the same night. So you had yeah. people watching the debates on their phones, and then you had the Cubs <laughs> and the Dodgers. I miss I miss it though. Dodger Stadium is a great experience and definitely have to get out there in the near future. No doubt about that. I mean it's been so much fun to go there. This was the first opening day and it was a night game which made it a little bit weird but in front of a capacity crowd again uh you know when baseball came back in 2020 during the pandemic there were no fans and then the following season it was reduced capacity and then finally at the end of the season you had full capacity so this has been the first full season with full capacity and it's a perfect time to have it because this is the best team in baseball right now we thought that that would be the case going uh to the season in terms of when you just look at this team on paper, adding Freddie Freeman to a a core group that already has Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger and uh, Justin Turner, Trey Turner, Max Muncy, you go down the list. But the star last night, Freddie Freeman going up against uh, his former team. Uh, So uh, we have uh, some sound here I I wanted to play for you guys. And by the way, great to see the media back in the clubhouse. I did not think that would happen for quite some time. They're still masked up, but man, it is so great to see the media back in locker rooms, back in clubhouses. So without further ado, let's now hear from Dodgers manager Dave Roberts, Freddie Freeman, and Clayton Kershaw following that big win last night against the Atlanta Braves. Dave, just first with Clayton Kershaw, what do you think happened there after they were able to get to him in the fifth and then there in the sixth? Um, I just think there was a little bit, just a slider wasn't uh, as sharp as it was early. But, uh, you know, going through that first five innings, pretty pretty clean, um, no stress. And uh, I just think right there, uh, it just wasn't as sharp as it was early in the game. Freddie Freeman is first up bad at home run to the playout anymore. No, no. He, he uh, did all the, the fanfare, the media stuff for the game. And so um, hitting a homer first at bat, getting us on the board, giving us a lead, uh, couldn't have played out any better. I could get used to that. I'm not yet, but but I do like that, and uh, I like the way we tacked on another one. But um, those are big numbers that we seem to put up when we uh, do score in an inning. Um, just a collection of good at bats, good base running, and um, you know, you know, I had good stuff tonight. So for us to uh, get to him, it was just a really nice collective offensive effort and. Just to see the way that Cody swinging the bat really is a good sign for all of us. Both those hits were against velocity too. How notable is that for where he is, where his swing is, they able to catch him. His swing is in a really good spot, and I think that there's uh, real velocity. Uh, he's getting the barrel to it. His swing, as you can see, it's uh, continuing to get shorter and shorter. And um, I, I guess I say it every night is he's working his tail off. You know, him and the hitting guys, he's committing to it, and um, it, it's just really good to see it pay off. And uh, 
there's been some hard outs too. Is, is there anything going on with trying? Yeah, Blake's arms just kind of barking after that his last outing. So I think for us, just where we're at, how valuable he is, um, we just felt that given three, four, five days off and played catch today, felt good, um, but we're in no rush to get him back. So not an IO. It's not an IO situation. No. Do you guys do any tests on him? No, just kind of the manual strength and, and things like that and. Um, he's had it before, and so just backing off a little bit, um, we feel comfortable with that. Do you know when he'll be available? Um, I would say uh, I don't think he'll be available this series. Are you still wondering how Gavin the ball didn't get out? I am. I am. Um, velocity off the bat, trajectory, you know, the time of day. Uh, it, it's just so. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it just seems like. Something, something's different, but I don't know. I, don't know. I was surprised. Hey, was any party worried about Freddie being able to sort of keep his emotions in check for a series? Not at all. All that, I, I wasn't. I, I think that he does a great job of um, channeling his emotions and not running from them. So I'm sure there was a lot of mixed emotions or whatever it might have been. But he has a very good way of kind of compartmentalizing and channeling. How was that pregame ceremony with It was great. It was great. It's the first time I've seen him uh, since last year. So uh, he looks great. Looks better in a Dodger uniform. But uh, mm -hmm. I, I, just to see the uh, the reception he got from the fans, um, well done. It, it was great. And you can see him getting a little bit emotional. And I'm just happy to see that you know our intelligent, passionate fans appreciated what uh, he's done for us. Is there any part of you that's still getting used to seeing Freddie in a Dodger uniform? Or is it's normal. Um, I, I think he looks pretty good in Dodger uniform. So uh, he looks even better rounding rounding the bases. Um, I, I think it's 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 been a great uh, landing spot for him, and I'm happy we have him. Clayton Kershaw had his 100th win here at Dodger Stadium tonight. When you just look at his career, his legacy, what does this mean to you um, Just to be along for the ride. You know, Clayton is one of the best pitchers of our generation, and I, there's not a, an outing that goes by that I don't appreciate um, what he has done, what he continues to do. Um, just, uh, just happy for him. You know, a guy that does things the right way, um, on the field, off the field. You just uh, always pull for guys like that, and just for me to be a part of it, a small part, of it is pretty gratifying. Clayton, first off, starting out, you were sharp, you are effective, things kind of took it once they got you on the long ball, but first, looking at what was working well for you today. Yeah, no, I, I thought I felt, you know, I thought I threw the ball okay, you know, just the sixth inning, um, you know, their top of the lineup face them for the third time, and uh, my stuff wasn't as crisp, so I don't know if I ran out of gas or whatever, but um, yeah, they made me pay that sixth inning for sure. For this being your second start, is it where you want to be now, just considering the build-up and just the bounce back? Yeah, you know, 11 out of 12 innings I'll take, you know, it's just that last one that's frustrating. Um, but thankfully we had a lead, our guys you know, swung the bats really well tonight and um, got a win, so that's huge. Um, but, you know, it's a good team over there, a good ball club, so when you don't have your best stuff, they're time to do it, it'll make you pay. And, um, 
Just shows that I got a little more work to do, get my stamina built up, I'm ready to go. And how special was it to see Frank Chandler's first at bat against this former team hit that home run? Uh, especially hit a home run, I don't care who he does against. <laughs> <laughs> you said last week that at the end of the start your, your stuff is maybe not as sharp. Is it just kind of early season stuff right now, building up to kind of get deeper into games like that? Yeah, we'll find out. I, I would assume so, but it kind of felt that, that same way tonight. So. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't think it's just early and all the, all the things factored in. But, uh, you know, for the most part, there's definitely some good things happening for myself. It's just that one inning is frustrating at this point. Like knowing you that you were thinking about that frustrating inning as you were walking off the field, but did you see the reception the fans gave you the standing ovation as you came off? Uh, I honestly was a little too frustrated to notice. But, uh, you know, it's, it's great. It's really happens. I'll take that for sure. When you face that team, do you have any flashes of some of the great playoff series you two teams have just gone off of the bench on another? Yeah. I mean, they're a good team, but I don't really think about history too much. Did you see Kenley today? You were fired up, Dan, but how we were just in Kenley. Yeah, you know, I, he kind of ran through here for a minute while I was warming up, so I saw him, but uh, I'll talk to him more tomorrow, hopefully, you know. Uh, yeah, definitely weird, but, you know, we're all going to have to get used to everything here in a minute. Wait, have you been um, surprised just the extent to which the fans here rallied behind Freddie um, in his first hometown? I, mean, I think he's kind of his name, like, every time he comes about. Yeah, it's been cool. You know, I think, uh, I don't know, maybe... Uh, Maybe they kind of noticed that, or since that, you know, it was a hard breakup kind of, and uh, giving him that support he needs, which is very perceptive of the fans, if that's true. And but no, it's it's been cool to see, and I know Freddie appreciates it. And, and Freddie's just a good name to chant, you know. So, <laughs> it's, 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 it's kind of starting on this kind of climb, right? The season-long climb, uh, getting through this process of trying to figure things out. Um, where you are in your career. Do you view this process, I guess, any differently now than you did maybe even a couple years ago, five years ago, ten years ago? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would probably say I didn't even view it as a process before. You know, it's just like the season starts and you put on the gas for seven months and you see where you are at the end. But um, between the lockout and the injury and all that stuff, it definitely is a little bit more of a process. And um, you know, with with October, hopefully you're um, you're peaking. You know, and that's uh, that's the goal. We'll see what happens with that Because I know you're kind of, right, you, right, you kind of put the blinders on, so to speak, and you, know, you go through these five-day cycles. I'm just kind of wondering, I guess, are you, are you taking in any more stuff as you're... Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think as you get older, um, you know, and you're on kind of a year-to-year -year basis with your career, I think you definitely take it in a little bit more. Um, you know, opening day in Colorado, I took that in. That was fun. The home opener here, kind of take it all in, getting the pitch at Dodger State. Yeah, all that stuff. I think I, I definitely am yeah. taking it in more um, than I did early, for sure. Yeah, somebody told me that. I mean, I think that's that's great. It's uh, yeah, it's great. Take it. How often did you think about the possibility or the idea of hitting a home run in your first game against them? Zero. I didn't think about that at all. Um, but you know, it was it was just good. You know, I haven't hit one all year in the first nine games, so I'm just glad I got the first one out of the way. Did that one feel any different? No, no, no. There's no storylines for anything like this. There's no poetic justice or anything like that. I love the Atlanta Braves. Always will love the Atlanta Braves. I'm just glad I was able to help the Dodgers win the game. Is there anything about like just 
playing a game and feeling normal that surprised you in any way? Uh, it didn't feel normal at the beginning when I looked over and saw Atlanta great jerseys that I've worn for 12 years. So that was the, you know, walking out and then I walked into the box in the bottom of the first and I looked at Travis and, he go, and we both we both said, this is weird, you know, this is different, you know, we've been teammates for a few years and now we're not. So I think once, but once I stood in the box, kind of just went away and just a normal baseball game. Were you pointing up to family box? Yeah, Sorry. my family, yeah. You've played on some teams with really good lineups. How is this lineup different? Uh, I've, I have been fortunate enough to play on uh, some really good baseball teams and I get to do it again this year. Um, you know, I've been playing really good baseball the last few games, um, scoring a lot of runs. Pitching's been unbelievable. Clayton was Clayton as always. Um, it's good to be on his side of this side of things now. Um, just been playing good baseball, so I hope we continue that. It looked like you're kind of smiling at their dugout when you went back out there in the second. Were they saying anything after the home run? Uh, no, no. I mean, as the game went on, a couple smiles here and there from some staff members and people that I spent a lot of time with, but. Um, uh, you know, it's just a, a good day, special day that one I'll always remember just because I got to see guys and staff members that I hadn't seen since the parade last year. So that's that's what today, today was all about. After a long lockout and mm -hmm. free agency, did you kind of need a day like this just seeing that, those guys? In yeah, the I, I mean, I just wanted to see them and hug them. You know, when you go through the grind of 162 game seasons and playoffs and a lot of those guys have been with for multiple years to go through and lose in the first round multiple times, lose to the Dodgers in 2020, and then ultimately win the championships together. That's, that bond is there forever. It's, we're all going to be teammates for, for how many ever years, but we're going to be friends longer than we are teammates. So um, now we get to do reunions together and all that as we get, as we get old. And, you know, hopefully I can come to do some reunions with the Dodgers too. So um, that's our ultimate goal is to win the World Series, and we were able to do that, so it's just good to be able to see the guys that did that with. So, so was, there, was there some anxiety for you to get, past, no this thing, to get no, past this thing? There's nothing to get past, so I was just happy to see everybody. Can you talk before the game about just sort of how surprised you feel like how often they chant your name? When you come yeah, back? they did it again. Every single night, every single <laughs> me. It's uh, it's starting to like I expect me to do something every AB, man. It's, it's getting it's getting crazy. In what ways though has like the way they rallied around you? Like how has that made that transition? It means a lot. Um, when you are, I mean, I'm sure everyone in this in this room has been somewhere and had something happen where it's a whole new thing that happened in their life and for a group of people and the fan base and the, my teammates, staff members, front office to rally around to help me transition because, you know, I was with them for 15 years, 12 years in the big league. So, I mean, we're all humans. We all have emotions and all that. And for 50,000 people every single night, every time I walk up to the box to make me feel good about myself and, you know, and know that they care about me, that, that means a lot. And, you know, I <laughs> I want to get a hit every time for them, and that's the hard part in this game, that we fail so much that I feel like I'm letting them down, but it means a lot that they have welcomed me with open arms to the fans. Navigating everything, I mean, how much of a drain has that been? I've been all on you for like the last month or so. It's been a lot, you know? Every day, it's emotions are going in and out, and you know, I, I didn't know what to expect coming in today and how the emotions were going to play, but when I saw everybody, it was just pure happiness. It really was, just seeing all the guys, the staff members, um, just giving hugs and saying I miss you, and 
Um, now a couple guys wanted to show me the ring. I said no. <laughs> I said I don't want to see the ring. The first time I want to see it, because it's more than a ring to me. You know, I, I know it's a. I, I, I've seen pictures. I've seen videos. It looks, but it's more than a ring to me because of everything we went into that to to win that ring. Um, it means more, and that's why I wanted and talked to Alex that we thought it would be better to do that in Atlanta because it's it's more than a ring to me. So. Um, a couple of guys wanted to show me. I said, no, 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 put it away. I've seen it on video. The first time I want to see it is when it goes on my hand. So um, today was just special. It really was. It's just good to, I know there's storylines and everyone wants to run and say this and that, but the only storyline for me today was, it was just, I'm just happy to see my friends again. Speaking of emotions, did you happen to see Charlie and your wife and your family's reaction? I haven't seen it yet. Board after you hit that I haven't. I, I walked up and I saw them doing something, but you know, if I look up and I see my son jumping up on the screen, I'm, I'm going to lose a little concentration. So I do have to. Every time I go on deck, I'm sure you guys will see over the next six years. If my son's at the game, I have to wave to him every single time. So if you ever watch that, there's always a wave to him because he he will get upset if I don't wave to him. So um, that's it's that's the only time I walk out, give him a wave, and then I lock in. So. I'm glad I didn't see that because it probably would have took me out of my helmet. <laughs> he was pretty pumped to see Benzie Swanson. Uh, he's pretty there. pumped to see everyone. Right. So <laughs> that, that he was a little sad that he didn't get to see more. He was able to see Snit and Eddie Perez and Sites and Dansby. Believe me, when um, when we go to Atlanta, um, you know, obviously I'm going to have a ton of family flying in for that too. So um, he's going to get a lot more hugs because he's just like his dad. He likes to get hugs. <laughs> All right, that was Dodgers manager Dave Roberts, Freddie Freeman, Clayton Kershaw. So, Buckets, you know, you went to Northwestern. I mean, I, I, I mentioned that I've been doing this for 20 years in terms of I really think it's important for the media to be in the locker rooms, to be in the clubhouses in order to do their jobs. I, I really think storytelling journalism took a hit when you cannot talk to players face-to-face. -face. It's, on, it's on Zoom, uh, you know, it, Things on Zoom last maybe five, six, ten minutes at the most. Uh, your 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 thoughts? I think finally it won't happen this season in the NBA, but next season it will happen. Why? Because the NFL has said it will uh, bring back locker room access. Major League Baseball has brought back clubhouse access. As a uh, you know young reporter yourself, your thoughts? I think it's very important because you get different kinds of scoops and different insight when you're in a room with, with the team rather than on a Zoom call. I think it's a big, big difference. For example, last night, the Denver Nuggets had a couple contentious moments amongst each other with Will Barton and DeMarcus Cousins getting into it. And then that's the type of moment that after the game, you would like to have a reporter in the locker room, multiple reporters ideally, asking questions about what happened getting a sense of the feel of the team in a moment like that. Those are what those clubhouse reporters are built for. Those are the moments that are so important to um, have them around. And I think that eventually, yes, Arash, I agree. We will get back to that uh, normalcy in terms of journalism. Yeah. And, I, and to your point, those are the moments when you can just be a fly on the wall sometimes and just see how people react, how they if they're if they talk to each other, if they don't talk to each other. You know, I just remember being on the Clip, Clippers beat back in the days of Lob City and, you know, just being around that team, you, you could see the friction and and maybe they were not as close as they were before and so that's it's just important to have a relationship with these players with these coaches and again 
as you touched on in the first segment, no more masks. Things are getting back to, to normal, and that is great to see. All right. Let's uh, leave it there for today. Uh, we, we hope to get Jihei back tomorrow. We love you and we miss you. Get well soon. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend now a ghost in the dark? Hard part about it. Brother got Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.